0: Interstate Batteries has been a proud supporter of the Sportsman's Nation since day one. With over 200,000 locations throughout the U.S. and offering 12,000 different types of batteries, stop into your local Interstate Battery store today and let them help you find the right batteries for your everyday life. <laughs> post 4th of July because I know by the time you guys hear this 4th of July would already happen so I hope you guys had a great 4th of July weekend hopefully you got to enjoy the sun the hot weather if you had any and uh, you know you got to enjoy time with family and uh, hopefully fish a little bit on today's episode, is going to be a little bit different. I'm going to update you guys on a few things going on in my life and with the podcast. And then I'm going to get into something that I feel very important um, that many of you might not be aware of, especially if you're living in the state of Michigan. There's a few bills making their way uh, through the house uh, in the state of Michigan that I think that you guys need to be aware of and uh, could impact our fisheries uh, tremendously in the Great Lakes. But first, I just want to let you guys know that uh, myself and my family are moving away from northern Michigan and moving down to southeast Michigan uh, to be by friends and family and also to jump on a few great career opportunities that presented themselves with uh, uh, my wife and myself. So we're looking forward to the next stage um, and the next adventure in our lives. But we will be down in southeast Michigan and I will be fishing Lake Erie uh, a lot more, which will be great for the podcast. But also, um, you know, I'll still be making my way to northern Michigan, Saginaw Bay, and a lot of other fisheries throughout Michigan. And as always, interviewing folks from all over the nation to get you guys the best info that I can um, about freshwater fishing. Secondly, Uh, This week, as you're listening to this, I am heading to ICAST 2019, so I encourage you guys to uh, reach out to me, DM me, whatever you want to do. If there's questions about certain products that you know will be there or things that you would like me to find out from other companies, hit me up, DM me, um, follow along. I'll be uh, updating as many things as I can on Instagram. And keeping you guys in the loop of what's going on down there, and I got a cr- couple great uh, podcast interviews set up as well. So make sure you guys follow along and tune into the next few episodes. That will probably revolve a, ro- a lot around ICAST and some great new products um, and, and people like that that you'll hear that you haven't heard from before, and um, information I'm going to bring to you guys to keep you guys updated on what's new in the fishing industry. Okay, now let's get into today's podcast, the meat and potatoes of it. So a few weeks ago, uh, there were two bills that are um, introduced and making their way through the House. It would be House Bill 4790 and Senate Bill 389 here in the state of Michigan, and these bills basically say the same thing and complement each other, but basically what it does is it opens and allows commercial fishermen to harvest several several new species of fish, including walleye lake trout and perch, um, that have in the past, uh, been illegal for commercial harvest to, um, to take place. Now, the other thing that it does is that would open up about 10% of lake trout and 20% of walleye, uh, for sport fishing quotas. So basically we're giving up 10% of our lake trout and 20% of our walleye to the commercial fishing to allow them to, uh, harvest these fish and sell for a profit. And on the commercial side of things what do they have to give up or what what these bills mean to them is the only thing that I can see is that their license fees right now are set at $200 and those would hike up to $1,400 and just to give you an idea of how many commercial fishing industry businesses there are or I should say licenses there are in the in the state of Michigan is there's 25 currently registered with only 13 actually going out and, um, you know, making a business out of it. Um, and, and these licenses are, you know, they have to be applied for and or they're passed down through family generations, um, you know, of of uh, others who have fished in the past and they're just kind of passing it down. Um, now, these commercial fishing industry folks have not been allowed to keep or harvest game fish or sport fish like walleye, lake trout and perch uh, in over four decades. So there has been in the past regulation and, and has been made illegal for these commercial fishing industries to keep these kind of fish in their nets. The fines, however, um, for keeping these fish have not been updated since 1928. Now, if you think about that, that's getting damn near, uh, you know, a century old and what do you think the fines were back in 1928 for commercial fishing um, offenses such as keeping fish illegally? Right now, currently as it stands from the 1928 rules and regulations, the fee or I'm sorry, the fine tops out at $100. So if you illegally keep fish and you're a commercial fisherman, Someone comes on your boat and catches you. Fines top out at a hundred dollar for those offenses, in today's dollars, two thousand nineteen, hundred bucks. So if you keep fish illegally, you could probably go in the back, find the hundred dollars, pay your fine, and keep fishing. No, I don't want to say that I'm just bashing or I'm against commercial fishing businesses in Michigan, because you know I understand that there's there's people behind this there's the folks who feed their family this way of life. Uh, this is how they make money. And I'm sure most of them are, you know, law abiding, uh, businesses and they, they follow the regulations. Uh, however, you've got to look at the industry as a whole and you've got to look at the sport fishing, recreational angling side of, uh, of fishing versus the commercial side. And just to give you guys a few numbers, right? So, the sport fishing anglers bring in about $2.3 billion to the state's economy economy annually. And these are numbers that I'm getting out. Some of the articles that are posted online, but 2.3 billion. Now that includes licenses that includes, you know, gas that includes hotels that includes restaurants, all the kind of stuff that, you know, if you were to go on a fishing trip, um, throughout Michigan, uh, all the fees and all the, the, expenses that come with that that feed the economy so you know if you're going to the local bars or you're going to the local bait shops you know a sport anglers or recreational anglers are providing all that kind of money and uh, business to to the whole system now i'm not saying that commercial industry businesses don't provide some kind of value to you know other local businesses or whatever um to you know to help fuel the economy however but if you look at, like I getting back to you when I said you got to look at the industry as a whole, based off of the sheer number alone of recreational anglers that buy licenses and uh, sport fishing um, folks who buy licenses every year just to go out and fish, that's roughly somewhere between 1.1 and 1.5 million anglers. Now, that money just in the license fees alone provides $30 million uh, to the state of Michigan, the DNR, things like that, to manage our fisheries whether that's through fish stocking programs, whatever costs are involved in making sure that we have healthy populations of fish to pursue um, in the great lakes and inland bodies of water and things like that. So we're providing money to, to basically pay for what we take. And it was stated in one of the articles that Michigan sport fishing relies on 40% of stocked fish uh, for their harvesting. So you know just under basically half of the fish that we take are you know stocked fish and then we rely on that and we pay for that so we put that money right back into you know our our fisheries to make sure that they're healthy so obviously we know that the commercial fishing industry can't even come close to what we sport fishing anglers can contribute to the overall healthy population of fish that are swimming around in the Great Lakes now they're taking substantially a lot more than what they're giving back. But a lot of that is on accident. And what I mean by that is, you know, for example, lake trout are already caught in their nets right now by the thousands and they've got to throw them back. Most of those fish are not going to live that they throw back. So to play devil's advocate in their eyes, they're already catching these fish already in their nets anyways. Why not just be able to sell them and and, and make money off of them? Here's my problem with that is if they start to target and allow fish like walleye, lake trout and perch to be targeted, they're not giving back what they're taking. So meaning that, yeah, you can start keeping those fish if the, if this bill were to go through and and to sell them for a profit. But what you guys are contributing to the overall fishery is not even coming close to what the sport anglers are providing. So basically the sport anglers are paying the tab for the commercial fishery to take these fish, these accidental fish that are caught in their gill nets to, to sell for a profit. And here's one more scary thought. If we open commercial fishing to target and go after and allow uh, some of these other species of fish to be, to be caught in their nets and sold for profit, we don't know what that is going to do to the ecosystem as a whole we don't know what that's going to do to the great lakes. We don't know what that is going to provide for future, um, sport fishing opportunities or commercial fishing opportunities. We just don't know that. However, what we do know is the, the money that we're providing, um, as anglers to, to fund, uh, you know, fish stocking programs and things like that is sustainable and is working and is, been working now for you know, decades. So if you compare, we we we've never opened commercial fishing like this in, in over forty years. So we don't know what that's going to do to the ecosystem, and that's that's kind of scary to me. And that's one thing that a lot of sport anglers are concerned about as well. So in response to these two bills being introduced in the House, there has been three more bills that have been um, also proposed to combat these. And this is going to these bill these three bills are going to favor the sport angling side of things. Um, so basically what it's going to say is it's going to name and make uh, certain species of fish uh, of game fish um, made illegal t- for commercial fishing industries to keep and harvest. And that would include lake trout, walleye and perch. Also, it would still require um, the commercial industry to increase their fees, uh, state licensed fees and it would also um, make the commercial fishing industry businesses provide GPS locations of where their nets are located. So obviously, these three bills uh, benefit the sport angling side of things for a number of reasons. One, A, it's going to protect the game fish species that we like to pursue and go after. Um, and it's the protecting the the species of fish that we stick our dollars into to make sure that there's healthy populations out there. Um, you know, it's, it's protecting our investment, basically our hard earned dollars of how we like to spend our money and our free time, um, to make sure that there's fish available for us to pursue. So it's protecting our, our investment kind of. Secondly, um, it is going to make sure that the regulations that are imposed right now on the commercial industry are reevaluated because they haven't been looked at in over forty years. Think how often our regulations change with sport anglers. How many times they they change our fees or they change our fines, um, they change our bag limits, things like that. That's constantly going up and down. Things in regulations that haven't been changed for the commercial industry in over forty years. That's just that just needs to be looked at. You know, can you imagine if our regulations were the same forty years ago as as recreational anglers? I think our fisheries would look a lot different nowadays if we had not, um, you know, had our regulations changed and looked at by the state over the course of 40 years. And then the third component would be for them to locate their GPS um, coordinates of their nets, which would be great because us as anglers could stay away from those areas. We wouldn't get tangled up in their nets and um, you know, it would just be good to know where they're at so we could avoid those areas. And as you can probably imagine, the commercial side of things, the reason why they would have beef with this or they would not like this is one, um, they don't like to give away their, their locations of their nets because they feel like they're going to be vandalized um, and or they're going to be known by other commercial fishing anglers where, where their nets are at and that could impact the success rate of how they catch fish, where they catch fish and all that kind of stuff. Now, the commercial fishing side of things don't want to see these bills go through because they would like the opportunity to keep some of these game fish that are caught in their nets. Um, for example, the lake trout. There is an article that I will provide in the lake, or er, I'm sorry, in the show notes that you guys can read that gives an example of a business out of Leland and he kind of gives you the perspective from you know his side of thing. One, they believe that you know, you're not going to see a lot of these these quote unquote Great Lakes fish species being showing up in your restaurants anymore for you to, um, you know, for you to consume when you're out to eat or whatever. That that is going to start to dwindle away. Most of the freshwater fish that you see on menus up in the UP in northern Michigan come from Michigan waters, and it decreases as you go downstate, uh, according to the article. Now, this business out of Leland, um, this angle um, this commercial fisherman uh you know he throws out a couple good points here one is these lake trout for example are caught in his nets anyways and what he has to do legally is release those fish now if you remember go back to uh a couple podcasts ago where we talked about lake trout and um you know the studies that were done uh on their survivorship after being brought up to water temperatures um i think it was exceeding 64 degrees uh fahrenheit and their success rate uh, after you release them back into the water. So when surface temperatures get up to, like say, 70 degrees, the chance of that lake trout living when you let it go, I guess, decreases significantly. So he was saying that he can remember two years ago when he had um, lake trout caught in his nets, there was a period of six weeks where the water temperatures were extremely warm on the surface. And he said that if he were to bet, he would guess that he likely threw back 60,000 dead lake trout back into the waters after being caught in his net. So he was legally obligated to throw those fish back in conditions that were not favorable to them. And a lot of those fish were floating on top of the waters as he, you know, let them go. So I can see where he's coming from in that perspective, but also I want to give you another example of how that has affected us sport anglers, not this current situation, but, Examples like this of, you know, over harvesting or, um, overkill, uh, ratios in, in commercial fishing nets. So you, a couple of podcasts ago, you'll hear me talk about, um, you know, the lake trout, uh, episode with, uh, Captain, uh, Bob Hines. And we talk about basically the M44 line South. Um, there were emergency regulations, uh, imposed on sport anglers, to only allow one lake trout per day to be, to be kept or harvested for, for us sport anglers to take home, and that dropped, uh, and it was imposed on us immediately based off of the over netting of lake trout in that area. So this is just one example of how overfishing or, um, you know, netting of commercial nets uh, on game fish can negatively impact. Uh, us sport anglers, because we're the ones that have to change our regulations immediately. Any angler, including a commercial fishery, wants to see a viable, sustainable population of fish, and no one likes to see 60,000 lake trout die in a period of six weeks just out of one commercial fishing net. Now, I kind of see his point here, and I'm not saying that there's going to (laughs) be... a favorable resolution for either side. But I think even as sport anglers, you can kind of see that these nets that are out there right now are catching these fish anyways. So what can be done um, to prevent this from happening? I don't know. I don't know if there's different kind of net technologies that can be introduced. If it's getting rid of gill nets, you know, a lot of the times these commercial fishermen are just going for white fish, which is the majority of their income and uh, the fish that they bring in to sell. So when these lake trout get caught up in there what do they do? You know what I mean you're wasting fish, you're wasting 60,000 fish that um you know take 40% of those 40% of those are stocked fish from sport anglers like us that are that are just being thrown back into the waters to to die. So I kind of see the commercial side of things here and you know them basically just trying to sell at least a portion of what they catch or have to throw back currently. But I just don't think it's sustainable because the giant and the big elephant in the room is the sport angling industry. and for them to and for there to only be 13 practicing state licensed commercial fishing businesses going on right now, 25 altogether, but only 13 really out there, you know, using it as a, as a source of income, you're just outnumbered by the amount of sport anglers that are giving back to the fisheries right now. So unfortunately, I think the commercial fishing industry is just in a, a tight spot where, you know, they're just outnumbered. And uh, the article goes on to say a couple other good points that have also contributed to the you know the collapse or the the dwindling of the the commercial fishing industry, like overfishing, um, you know, pollution of the Great Lakes and uh invasive species that have been introduced that have- fa- uh negatively infected uh the fishing populations as well, so it's not just like you know sport anglers um being totally against uh commercial fishing, and that's the reason why you know tradition is is going down. I think that it, a lot of it just comes down to the economical times right now sport fishing anglers are just giving back so much more. To the population to make sure that there's future generations of uh, healthy fish populations out there to go after, and the commercial industry just can't keep up with the dollar amounts that's coming in from uh, the recreational side of things. You know, and 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 I'm not going to go too much further in the details. I kind of just try to lay out all the facts based off of the three articles that I read surrounding these two sets of bills that are, you know, two opposing sets of bills that are coming through. The house right now in the state of Michigan and you know I would encourage you guys to to read up on this as well I try to summarize as much of it as I can for you but I'll just give you my thoughts on it and I've done so a little bit throughout this this podcast while laying out the facts but you know you got to look at the future generations that's what I look at I'm always thinking about you know future generations and what will be available to them and I think about you know my daughter's being able to go out and pursue game fish like walleye um you know perch and things like that in the great lakes and i want that to be viable for them and i want that to be something that they can go after um you know whenever they want because i'd hate to think of the thought that we allowed commercial fishing to over um net or over consume for the just for the sole fact that a few businesses so few businesses could make a few extra bucks and so that there could be some more uh you know fresh fish at your local bar or restaurant or produce store to buy. Conservation is something that a lot of not only anglers but just sportsmen in general are always concerned about and you know you need to think about where the dollars are coming from. You need to think about where the money is going to be in order to pay for this conservation or to pay for these fisheries, uh, to continue to thrive right now, it is coming from the sport angling side of things, the recreational anglers, they're providing billions of dollars, uh, that are not only funding the economy, but also $30 million just solely to make sure that the, the fishing populations are healthy. So, you know, I am in favor of the, uh, of the bills that support the, um, the sport angling side and, you know, you got to think of the impact that could happen if there was a collapse in the Great Lakes fishery. Let's say this, you know, there's a lot of things, the uncertain and unknown is always going to be there. But let's say the commercial fishing really does take an impact on the population of Great Lakes fish. Um, think about the towns that thrive and depend on all of us sport anglers to come there to spend money. Um, while pursuing some of these game fish that we that we stock and we protect and we we love to conserve, you know, the towns alone could take a significant economical impact and you know the the benefit of uh, for the commercial fishing industry could have a significant impact on so many more lives. Uh, and so many more businesses outside of their own that could have a negative impact if the fishing were to, the fishery were to collapse. And that's the kind of thing that you got to think about too. You know, in today's society, it sucks just to think about money drives everything, but it's, it's the true fact. A lot of the things that are being sustainable right now and the reason why the fishing is so sustainable and the fishing populations are so healthy throughout the Great Lakes is overwhelm, overwhelmingly because of the, the money that is contributed by sport anglers. And that's what you got to think about. I got to think that the majority of you listening to my podcast over the last year are just like me who are recreational anglers, sport fishing anglers who care about, you know, our great lakes fishery. And I would implore you to go out and reach out to your local state representative and show your support of uh, House Bill 4567 through 4569 um, and you know, oppose Senate Bill 389 and House Bill 4790. Now that you guys know a little bit more about these bills, I will provide links down to in the bottom for or in the show notes for you to click on and read more about. I will also link to the articles that I've pulled my information from um, and I would just encourage you guys to read through it and really to think about the impact that it could have um, not only for you now, but for your kids, your grandkids and future generations. And uh, you know, it's, it's, it's up to us. It's up to um, you know, anglers like us to protect our fishery and our fish and to make sure that uh, you know, our voices are heard and you, you know, like I said earlier in the podcast, I really want to get someone on here from the commercial side of things, just to state their opinion. I, you know, at the end of the day, I think we're all like-minded people where we just want to see a healthy fishing, fishing populations, uh, healthy fisheries in the great lakes. Um, you know, one side, uh, is probably going to benefit more than the other. And I, I'm not saying that commercial fishing has to go away indefinitely in order to have a sustainable population in the great lakes, uh, of game fish to pursue. But I think opening the doors for them to consume more game fish that are now protected, uh, or regulated strictly would have, um, a significant impact. And it's something that I don't ever want to see. Um, but you know, we'll, uh, we'll see what happens. So, Thanks guys for listening to this podcast. I know this one's a little bit different than what you guys are used to. Um, you know, this was something that, you know, I felt personally obligated to inform the public on, or at least my listeners on, on what's going on here uh, in the state of Michigan so that you guys can not only make an informed decision, uh, informed vote, but also just to pick up the phone and call your representatives and uh, you know, going forward, <clears throat> uh, as I mentioned earlier in the podcast, we are going to be moving down to Southeast Michigan. So look forward to more uh, Lake Erie talk and things like that. And uh, remember guys to hit me up uh, in regards to ICAST. I'll be broadcasting uh, broadcasting, but conducting a few interviews down there uh, in Orlando, Florida at ICAST 2019. So remember to follow along on Instagram and uh, let me know what you guys think about the topics that I just kind of laid out for you right now. Obviously, um, you know, like I said, we're going to try to get some folks on here to, to state their opinions, but uh, you know, let me know what you guys think about this podcast and uh, uh, you know, things like this, where it comes to conservation and things that I, I, I truly believe in. Um, I am going to take the opportunity to, to do a podcast like this from time to time. So anyways, hope you guys had a good 4th of July and uh, we'll see you guys here, here in the future um, with some uh, content from my cast. So thanks for listening.